Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinsey Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. We are on week three of our COVID-19 series, and today we are talking about how to get along at home. Now, maybe you and your spouse are doing just fine, and you know several weeks in you've already adjusted to a new normal and you're enjoying more time together at home. Or maybe you're feeling like you're just keeping your head above water. You haven't quite figured out a new normal, and it feels like you're just tolerating each other, dreaming about the day that all this is over. So wherever you are on that relational spectrum, I hope this gives you at least one tip to implement, and I hope you'll share this episode with friends and family for whom you think it could be helpful as well. My first tip for getting along at home is communicate what you want, feel, and need. Now, communicating these things will first require that each of us takes a deep breath and identifies what it is that we're even feeling, like we talked about last week, because that's where we're going to find important information for ourselves and what our feelings are communicating about our needs and our wants so that we can then share them with each other. I shared with you in the first COVID-19 episode that it took me a minute to adjust to everything happening, to figure out how I was feeling, and then to communicate it with my spouse. And of course, from day to day, mine and Evan's feelings change and what we need changes depending on our work schedules. But in the beginning, when all this broke out in Kentucky four weeks ago now, what I needed was time and space to process. And at the same time, I was feeling disconnected from Evan in the sense that we were both putting out fires in those first few days and managing side by side without taking time to attune to each other. And so what I wanted was time to talk about it. And when I communicated these things with him, for him, he was just trying to manage everything coming his way and the changes that were being made daily. He felt a little underwater and was able to communicate with me that at the time, what he needed was a little more time to get things done and to press forward just a little longer until all of his responsibilities were taken care of or at least to the degree that they could be. And what he wanted was grace and patience from me. But we wouldn't have known any of this or figured out how to work together amidst everything had we not had that conversation. Because even though we've known each other our whole lives, we've never gone through a global pandemic together. (laughs) Nor have we become mind readers in all the time that we've been together. And my guess is that the same is true of your marriage. So start by communicating with each other what you're feeling and needing and wanting for yourself and from each other. This is likely the first time that many of you are working from home at the same time or working from home with different schedules or balancing household chores, childcare, or other responsibilities differently than you normally would. And so the struggle here to communicate what you feel and what you need is normal. It's understandable in these circumstances because it is an adjustment period. It's a crisis that neither of you is prepared for. And so I'd encourage you to give each other a break for how things have gone up to this point, but keeping your relationship healthy moving forward is going to require good communication and problem solving to stay well emotionally, mentally, relationally, and physically. Tip number two, 
is negotiate time and space. Evan and I were on a walk the other day, and there was a woman on her cell phone who was just going on about how she's just trying to live in her house right now, under the same roof with all of the people who drive her crazy. And you know, I have to hand it to her, because she was finding her own way to take care of herself, to get out of the house, and to process with a friend, so that hopefully she could return home feeling more calm and able to get through another day. But it's easy to have those moments right now, especially when you're spending most of your day with the people you love, but whose personalities or idiosyncrasies perhaps help refine your character. So check in with yourself, guys. What do you need in terms of self-care? 15 minutes by yourself? A daily walk? What does your spouse need? A break from the kids? A 20-minute conversation after the kids go down at night? Negotiating your all's time and space as individual adults, as a couple, and as a family has never been more crucial to your mental and relational health. So make sure that you're working together to negotiate within reason, okay, making your requests in the context of a global pandemic. But be a team. Try and support each other by giving each other a small window for what each of you needs most to stay healthy and sane. That way, everyone is on the same page in terms of managing expectations and knowing how to occupy themselves when one partner desires space, or knowing how to arrange work and other chores, or how to put time limits on those things in order to be present when the other partner desires time together. The goal here is to be proactive and preventative and communicative rather than reactive when one or both of you comes to your wit's end. Tip number three for getting along at home is extend grace and goodwill to your spouse. If there were ever a time to develop grace and goodwill toward your spouse, it's now. When you really have no other option, if you want to make it through without feeling miserable, I mean, if I'm just getting right down to it. I want to give you a couple of scenarios that you've probably come across to make extending grace and goodwill in your marriage more tangible and practical. So the first thing is, before we jump into these scenarios, is to remember that you can't extend grace and goodwill if you don't have grace and goodwill for yourself. Remember to give yourself a break, to have patience with where you are, and to remember that you are doing the best you can given what you know how to do in this situation. Scenario number one, let's say your spouse says or does something that rubs you the wrong way or irritates you. Maybe he tries to joke with you and you don't think it's funny. Maybe she leaves her dishes everywhere or he leaves his clothes everywhere and it's driving one of you crazy. Or maybe your spouse says something the wrong way and you take it personally or take offense to it. Grace is choosing in your mind and heart to let your partner be a human. And goodwill is thinking to yourself, okay, even though that hurt my feelings, I know in my head that my spouse meant something different than what was said or the way that it came across. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying don't ask for what you need or communicate your expectations, as we covered in tip number one. Also, I'm not saying to not set boundaries around the way you deserve to be treated. What I am saying is don't let your spouse's behavior get to you in such a way that you end up putting your partner down or where you react or demand that your spouse change. Instead, 
let your spouse react or respond or behave however he or she is going to anyway, by the way, and instead pay more attention to yourself and how you're reacting that's causing the ordeal. Many times if we would just let our spouses be and laugh with them when they do silly things rather than react negatively to them, many things that are currently issues for you would become non-issues. Even if you have an automatic response or reaction, which you likely will purely out of habit, then just say you're sorry and take some space to calm yourself down. And what you're doing here is you're just acknowledging your own response and showing your partner that you're taking responsibility for it and doing what you need to do to move forward in a calm and loving way. All right, scenario number two. Let's say your spouse is viewing the situation all wrong. Of course, I'm being facetious here. But let's say from your perspective, he's being way too dismissive about everything. And from his perspective, you are being way too uptight about everything. Or from your perspective, she's being way too pessimistic about the pandemic. But from her perspective, how could anyone be so optimistic at a time like this? Okay, so here's the deal. You and your spouse are two different people. You see the world and you approach the world differently. That's definitely not going to change now. What's challenging in the midst of a crisis, though, is that those differences in the way that each of you views the world are going to be heightened and more highlighted than ever. But it's like I say to my couples, you don't have to agree with your spouse to accept that this is where they are. And there's no need to approve of what your spouse is saying in order to patiently listen to where they're coming from. Approval and agreement are two totally different things from empathizing and understanding. So the former doesn't need to impact the latter. Listen, I'm going to shoot you straight because I know many couples are kind of passing their own anxieties back and forth right now because this COVID situation feels pretty intolerable especially if you haven't done much emotional work prior to the pandemic. But if a spouse believes that he or she must agree with what their spouse is saying in order for it to be valid, or that his or her partner's perspective isn't valid unless it's logical or spouse-approved, then what the spouse is doing is exhibiting a lack of differentiation. Now, we're humans, we all have this tendency to some degree, and plenty of room to grow. But if you can identify this in yourself or your spouse, that there's often judgment placed on how either of you feels, what that means is you haven't yet learned to be emotionally and personally okay when your spouse feels differently than you. Now again, this is a common relational tendency that many of us exhibit until we become more aware. But it's an unhealthy state to remain in if we wish to have a partnership in marriage where both people are allowed to be fully themselves and where there's room for both spouses' thoughts and feelings in the marriage, especially during this time. This is getting me thinking toward other episodes I want to do in the future, but for now, understand that grace and goodwill in this scenario looks like making room for your spouse to feel how he or she feels. Your job then is to manage and try to understand your own discomfort with letting your spouse process however and be whoever he or she is without judgment and without fear. Okay, I know this is a tall order right now, especially when you're feeling stressed, but 
I would really encourage you to take a personal look and to try and do something different so that both of you feels emotionally safe and secure at home. And my fourth and final tip for getting along at home is learn to be present and play together. The goal here is to care for each other well and make it through this time without losing your most important relationship. Each of you, including your kids, has your own emotional, mental, and relational needs, which make it hard, right? Because resources are kind of scarce. Right now, many spouses are focused on providing more basic needs for health safety and financial security. So as a result, neither of you may have as much emotional or physical energy as you do under normal circumstances. So the first thing is, again, give yourself grace. Be patient with yourself as you come up against your own human limitations in weak moments. When outside stress is placed on a family unit, it's going to react to that stress until it adjusts to a new equilibrium. So understand that, but also it's important not to let other worries serve as an excuse not to be present at set times with your spouse and with your family. Everything we've talked about so far Communicating your needs and feelings, negotiating time and space, and extending grace and goodwill is all in service of getting to a place where you can be playful and present with the people you love the most. Where you're able to move from putting out fires and managing tasks all the time to a place where you're learning how to rest together when you can. I get that it's a lot, and I get that other things feel more urgent. But I also know that the urgent isn't always the most important. Sometimes it is, but not always. In 10, 20, 30 minutes of being present with each other and playing and laughing together is truly just as important to your overall mental, emotional, and relational health as managing everything on your to-do list. So as you think about learning to be present in that way, practice powering down your phone or laptop or iPad. Practice listening to your spouse or kids for five minutes at a time with curiosity and compassion for the human being you married or the human being you created. Get to know your spouse and what he or she does for your family day in and day out. Try to go deeper while you have more access to your spouse at home because as you do, you'll learn a lot about each other and what each of you brings to the relationship. And as you learn to play, I'd encourage you to do more than watch Netflix or YouTube or whatever your choice of passive media consumption. I'm not knocking anything. There is certainly a time and place to check out and to just let your brain do nothing (laughs) after you've managed a busy day. But it can also be restful to play a board game, to learn a song together, or to cook something or bake something together. Whatever you do, what I'm hoping what you'll find are moments of joy for no reason at all. That you'll learn to laugh at yourselves and at each other and how to be playful together as a third way of operating in our modern world where so often many of us just vacillate between productivity and passive consumption. My hope is that this time at home would be a reset for many couples, that we would begin to pay attention to the benefits offered by being home and being more present, and that once all the urgent things are attended to, that this time would afford a reprioritization and a shift in what couples and families find most important. You know, I've been doing a lot of couple and individual sessions over the past few weeks, 
helping people process their emotions that they haven't had time to otherwise, helping them figure out how to get their needs met and to understand what's normal and realistic during this time. So if you think you could benefit from a session or two, just to get you through or to get yourself or your marriage or your family on the right track as you navigate challenging circumstances together, I would be honored to work with you and to help your family in the best way I know how to contribute. So if that sounds appealing to you and you'd like to work with me for a few sessions online, I'd encourage you to fill out the simple form found at bravemarriage.com contact. All right, moving into good news and gratitudes. Here's the good news for this week. I'm not going to lie, I had to search really hard. But for starters, I read an article yesterday in the New York Times that talked about how the scientific community has been sharing their research rather than withholding it for later publication in an effort to share research findings that directly relate to a common goal globally of finding a cure for COVID-19. Also in good news, communities are joining together. I've heard from you all as I've shared some of my own pictures and stories. People are making signs and putting them in their yards saying that we're all in this together. They're participating in neighborhood teddy bear hunts and in more and more car parades. People are really stepping up in practical ways, of course. Donating and giving and providing basic food and shelter needs for people who've been drastically impacted. But also people are stepping up in the ways that they can to make this thing more bearable, to lift the spirits of those in their communities. And for gratitudes, I'm grateful to our leaders, to government officials, to scientists and researchers, to business owners who are making the best decisions they know how to make to serve the rest of us to the best of their ability. And at the same time, I'm praying for these people because they're just people who've been called and positioned to lead a lot of other people, and who are doing the best that they can, just like you and I are doing the best that we can. Your action step this week is to practice one of these four tips and to pray to be the person whom your spouse needs during this time. My prayer for us this week is that we would experience God's love and goodness, His mercy and grace, in new and fresh ways this week, that we might extend that same love and grace to our partners. I pray God would bless us and keep us and show us how much more to life there is than what we've previously practiced, and that our lives and marriages and collective well-being would be better for it on the other side. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Just as fragile as it is